When I grow up, I want to work for a woke company. Like super woke. When I grow up, when I grow up, I want to be hired based on what I look like rather than my skills. I want to be judged by my political beliefs. I want to get promoted based on my chromosomes. When I grow up, I want to be offended by my coworkers and walk around the office on eggshells and have my words policed by HR. Words like grandfather, peanut gallery, long time no see, no can do. When I grow up, I want to be obsessed with emotional safety and do workplace sensitivity training all day long. When I grow up, I want to climb the corporate ladder just by following the crowd. I want to be a conformist. I want to weaponize my pronouns. What are pronouns? It's time to grow up and get back to work. Introducing the number one woke-free job board in America, redballoon.work. Bill C-18 has received royal assent in Canada. Coming off of the heels of Bill C-11, Canada continues its march towards censorship, laying the groundwork for its own Ministry of Truth. We also deal with another hit piece calling us and our friends Christian nationalists, citing our hateful rhetoric. And the UN gives guidance on how to deal with hate speech. Both of these things are not disconnected. Finally, we have some mailbag questions to deal with, and they are some juicy ones for sure. There's no doubt in my mind that Liberty Coalition Canada is in the sights of our Canadian media, legislators, and bureaucrats. And just so we're clear, Bill C-4, Bill C-11, Bill C-18, Bill Murray, and any other bill our totalitarian state throws at us will not stop us from proclaiming Christ speaking the truth, and equipping Canadians to do the same. It's June 29th, and we've made it out of Pride Comes Before the Fall Month Alive. I'm Andrew DiBartolo. That's Matt Halleck. This is Liberty Dispatch. Hey, hey, and welcome back to the Liberty Dispatch, broadcasting across enemy lines into the Canadian culture war. Once again, we are thankful that you have joined us, and we want to let you know that Liberty Coalition gives you these, we produce these podcasts in partnership with Christian Week, and LCC exists to establish Christ's justice and righteousness and to defend those who stand, and Christian Week exists to provide a practical, balanced, hope-filled perspective on national and global issues. If you would like to support the work that we do here with the shows, we would ask that you would go to libertycoalitioncanada.com slash donate, scan that helpful QR code. It'll take you directly there. And we would just ask that you would help support us as we continue to fight back against mainstream media legacy narratives and against this radical push from our federal government to censor independent um, media and journalism across our nation, as we're going to touch on today. So if we want to continue to push back against the regime narrative, we have to band together and do so. So we would just ask that you would support us over there. 
as always, we are on the Fight Laugh Feast Network, flfnetwork.com. Check us out over there. You can also get us on their helpful app, which you can get at the Google Play or Apple App Stores individually. Also, all things Liberty Coalition Canada can be found at libertycoalitioncanada.com. Be sure to sign up for our email list while you're over there because that helps us get all our content and stay in contact with you, which is absolutely needed now uh, in the wake of the passing of bills C-18 and C-11, which we still don't 100% know what the ramifications of that would be. So we would encourage you to sign up for our email list so you can get a hold of what we're doing directly and you can stay in contact with us directly. We do very much appreciate that. We also very much appreciate uh, mailbag questions. Uh, we've gotten some comments, questions, concerns, and we appreciate that. We will touch on that later in the program. So stay tuned for some spicy things um, later on in our mailbag session section. Um, and then uh, you know, if you have any comments, questions, concerned, if you want to engage with us, please feel free. Mailbag at libertycoalitioncanada.com. That's mailbag at libertycoalitioncanada.com. Andrew, what do you have for us today for a mailbag question of the day? I'm curious to know where our audience will get its news now that it can't get it from Facebook or soon. So are you, you get your news on Twitter? Do you mm -hmm. sign up for email lists directly? Are you a Gab user? I'm just curious to know. Let us know. Mailbag at LibertyCoalitionCanada.com. Where will you get your news now, if not from Facebook? And then, as always, any other questions or comments, concerns, feedback, anything like that, you can hit us up. Mailbag at LibertyCoalitionCanada.com. We'd love to deal with these questions and answer them and engage with our audience. And like Matt said, we got some good ones coming up later. Mm -hmm. So just a short time ago, a Christian school came under attack by a trans terrorist. The media chose to victimize the perpetrator and leave the memory of the victims of this heinous crime in the dust. The brothers at Carpe Fide aren't buying into this double think, which is why they made a shirt that supports the Covenant school. Keep pushing is emblazoned on the front. And Paul's words from Philippians 3.14 are displayed beneath that, reminding us to press on in Christ Jesus. Proceeds of the sales will be donated to the Covenant School to help support that healing community. Boldly support Christians under attack at carpefide.com slash shop and seize the faith. And remember, when you use the code LCC10, you will get 10% off, off of all purchases from the U.S. store only. That's carpefide.com slash shop. On June the 22nd, friends... Bill C-18, properly mm -hmm. called the Online News Act, mm -hmm. received royal assent, which means it will be coming into law just in the next number of weeks. Now, this is a summary of the bill from the Parliament's own website. And here, here a little bit of the dystopian overtones in this. This is a quote. This enactment regulates digital news intermediaries to enhance fairness in the Canadian digital news marketplace and contribute to its sustainability. Lots of lots of Marxist dog whistles in there continues. It establishes a framework through which digital and news intermediary providers and news businesses may enter into agreements respecting news content 
that is made available by digital news intermediaries. The framework takes into account principles of freedom of expression and journalistic independence. That last line, uh, I don't know if it was satire or if, if, if they decide in that last sentence to step into opposite world and then come back to reality. But that's what they say, principles of freedom of expression and journalistic independence. Now, section two is where the trouble begins for this bill. So under the heading, making available of news content, it says the following. For the purposes of this act, news content is made available if A, the news content or any portion of it is reproduced, or B, access to the news content or any portion of it is facilitated by any means, including an index, aggregation, or ranking of news content. So for those of you that may need a little help sorting through that jargon, a digital news intermediary, for example, Facebook, if you share a news article, whether it be linking to the article or even copying and pasting content from the article, which is reproducing, that is considered, quote, making available of news content. So with the passing of this bill, from now on in Canada, the only way that people can post or share news articles on social media is if, and this is from section 11 of the bill, so the only way that you can have news articles in Canada posted on Facebook is if, one, they provide, so, so Facebook has to, one, provide for fair compensation to the news businesses for the news content that is made available. Two, they ensure that an appropriate portion of the compensation will be used by the news businesses to support the production of local, regional, and national news. Next, they contribute to the sustainability of the Canadian news marketplace. They ensure a significant portion of independent local news businesses benefit from them. They contribute to the sustainability of those businesses, and they encourage innovative business models in the Canadian marketplace. They involve a range of news outlets that reflect a diversity of business models that provide services to all markets and diverse populations, including Anglophone and Francophone communities and Black and other racialized communities. They ensure a significant portion of Indigenous news outlets benefit from them, and they contribute to the sustainability of those outlets in a way that supports the provision of news by and for indigenous peoples. Matt, what does that mean? <sighs> can we can just comb through that a little bit? Like that's some pretty wild morning hair. Can we can we put a little <laughs> bit of moose and comb that down and, and make it somewhat presentable for us yes, to understand? Yes, we, we can. And we've talked about the bill on previous uh, episodes of the show and just how it really stands on its head, um, the current way that news uh, media, news outlets use third-party intermediaries like Google, like Facebook, like Twitter, all these different networks and ecosystems that are designed not for news production, but to design to gather human beings, right? And and it's news outlets that then want all these gathered human beings in this marketplace that Twitter and Facebook and these other platforms have created. They now want access to those eyes and those ears. Therefore, you have 
places like the New York Times, CBC, all these outlets who would pay for ad, they'd use ad money to pay to advertise or pay to put their stuff on the platforms so that they could reach those that audience. But now with this bill, you have the complete reversal of the onus now it's incumbent on third party intermediaries like google like facebook like instagram all these different platforms to support canadian news products that are shared on their various platforms so in Not light of Indian news any news yes any news and in and in light canada, yeah. yeah yeah in canada and in light of just like how obviously insane this bill is and and devastating i mean companies like google and meta have responded we've touched on the fact that google was just shadow banning news in its search engines for a portion of canadians uh, without telling them <laughs> a while back and meta has responded very much simu- similarly to to google in that respect so meta has responded by this to this bill and it's passing and essentially what they're saying is when it comes into law, it will know if Meta, so that's that's uh, Facebook and Instagram. Um, they will no longer allow users in Canada to share news articles on Facebook, and this is from the press release from Meta as of June twenty second. Today, we are confirming that news availability will be ended on Facebook and Instagram for all users in Canada prior to. The Online News Act, that's Bill C-18, taking effect. We have repeatedly shared that in order to comply with Bill C-18 passed today in Parliament, speaking of the 22nd, content from news outlets, including news publishers and broadcasters, will no longer be available to people accessing our platforms in Canada. And we've leaned heavily. I, I've really appreciated, though he's no conservative, though he's no Christian, um, uh, we've appreciated some of the work that Michael Ga- Geist has done on these media-related issues and these bills in Canada. And this is what Geist had to, had to say about the the. The Online News Act may be only days removed from having received royal assent, but the government's plan to support the Canadian media media sector have already backfired spectacularly. While it claimed its bill, C-18, would add millions of dollars to the sector and support struggling media companies the reality has qu- reality has quickly intervened blocked news sharing on internet platforms with can- uh, canceled deals on the horizon reports of direct corporate intervention in new- news departments massive layoffs and regulatory requests to decrease spending on news so that's what happens when these inane policies are even remote remotely on the horizon uh continuing from geist it has been obvious for months that the risk of blocked news sharing was real but the government urged on by self-interested lobbyist groups insisted news was too valuable to meta to remove from its platform 
They were wrong. The company and the data said otherwise. Yesterday, Rachel Curran told CBC in unequivocal terms that, quote, there are no negotiations currently. We are proceeding towards ending the availability of news permanently in Canada, and there is really nothing that is going to alter that trajectory, maybe besides getting rid of this inane bill. However, the Geist continues, if that were, weren't bad enough, Curran acknowledged that Facebook's existing deals with Canadian media, there are 18 of them, did not have much of a future. So there you have it, Andrew. Our idiotic politicians don't know what they're doing and have now done the very opposite of what this bill was purported to do. But I also think they kind of knew what they were doing and part of this was really destroying the dissemination of news media on the internet for people to see where people would be re relegated to going directly to specific platforms that they have to pay subscriptions for or getting you know you know hard copy uh, analog news sources uh, delivered to them or what have you um which is really you know works for them because it helps them combat mis and disinformation which is widely disseminated on the internet through independent news uh media here but i just want to highlight for everybody mike is going to be doing on on open mic with michael teeson he's going to be doing an interview with barry Busey this saturday and they'll kind of dive more deeply than we have time to on our episode into what this bill uh, signifies. We will also link into the description below some of the conversations that we've already had on Bill C-18 because we, we do kind of get more into the nitty gritty of what the bill entails. But we said long ago, Andrew, this is an insane bill. It literally, it totally misunderstands what all these online platforms are and says that an essential component to these ecosystems is the dissemination of news. Therefore, they have a duty to pay the people who are making the news to disseminate that, not realizing, no, it's the news outlets who want access to these various ecosystems who they're utilizing this intermediary service. So again, falling falling prey uh, to uh, something that often happens in economics where people misunderstand the extraordinarily important role that intermediary sources have on the distribution of economic activity, right? That's why historically uh, Thomas Sowell talks about this in White Li Liberals, uh, Black Rednecks, about how historically this fallacy of economic thinking has led to the persecution of many different people uh, groups throughout history because they played this extraordinarily important role in society. So the Jews who ha had... Typically played that intermediary role of, you know, facilitating the relationship between producer and consumer 
in a marketplace, they were persecuted because they're saying, well, they're not actually producing anything. Why am I paying them for this service? You know, they're the kind of this middleman. And it's again, it's this is the 21st century version of just falling prey to that really, really idiotic, stupid thinking. But I mean, I think there's something more nefarious. I, but I wouldn't be surprised if our if our elites were also that stupid. Well, I mean, the two thoughts I have are one: I'm sure there's something in the bill that maybe we haven't scrutinized as clearly, or that's open to interpretation that may allow certain sources to get out. I mean, I'm sure maybe there's some sort of way that you know the Canadian Pravda Corporation which is majority funded by the state. So clearly that's, you know, that's approved, finds a way for their stories to get through. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Um, because I don't mm-hmm. think that they would want, it seems, I mean, if less and less people are actually watching news on cable. Yeah. So maybe what they're banking on is the fact that large news organizations like mm-hmm. CTV, Global, CBC, because they have cable distribution, because they have fairly large online presence in terms of their YouTube, and maybe Bill C-11 works they, into this as well because yeah. they're very Canadian. Maybe the goal is to say, you know, fine, we'll cut all media, we'll cut all news on Facebook because we know that, you know, on YouTube, only state-approved media will have a, mm-hmm. have a, have a life there. So it could be that. And there's another thought I have. The answer might be as simple as a VPN. I mean, really, the answer just might be as simple as getting a VPN and spoofing your location so it looks yeah. like you're in the United States, and then uh, which and is, then everything's fine. Maybe. Which is which is uh, I mean, that's an added cost for every Canadian to I- I- endure just to get the free dissemination and access to to news yeah. outlets to news media, like. We clearly, as Canadians, no longer have freedom of speech. We have clearly uh, do not have freedom of press. And when is that going to dawn on Canadians? Like there, I, I agree with you, Andrew. There's so much. I've tried to watch some of the analysis from various talking heads, like our friend, friends at True North, Andrew Lawton, just different people. There's still, even with the passing, and and you know this, it's likely coming into effect when it gets royal ascent there's still so much ambiguity to what this is actually going to mm-hmm. to look like right there's still so much that's left up to interpretation and nobody really knows how this is going to be enforced yep. and, and put forward but all we do know is the internet is captured under the power of regular regulatory control of Unelected bureaucrats in Canada. That's a fact. Thank you, Bill C-11. And now, because of the idiotic idea behind Bill C-18, it looks like some of the biggest internet players are going to just be forced to censor Canadian news and dissemination of information. I mean... That's extraordinarily alarming. Um, And the fact that it seems like these bills can be passed in Canada and there is no outcry there. It it, it gets passed with just a little whimper and just the talking heads like us are the ones who are worried about it. That is concerning. That does really raise red flags for the health of 
of the the body politic in Canada is apparently, you know, if it was very apparent the civic liberties that were being trampled on during, you know, the years of COVID. Um, but it's still, it looks like Canadians have now gone to sleep again. We were activated for but a small moment in time, mm-hmm. and we've gone to sleep again because the encroachments on Canadians' fundamental rights and freedoms has continued. It's marched on strongly, and we live in a less free Canadian society today than we even did during the height of the uh, COVID pandemic because of the precedents that are being set through these, mm-hmm. these ongoing laws. It's, it's extraordinarily concerning. Hopefully this yeah. wet people's appetites for Mike's discussion. Yeah, make sure, uh, make sure on. you stay tuned. Make sure you catch open Mike this Saturday um, with a good discussion with uh, Big- Barry Bussey. So I just wanted to correct you, Matt. It's not Barry Busey. He's not as, a Bussey. as much as it would be awesome if he was if he was related to Gary Busey. That would be interesting. <laughs> he is uh, he is Barry Bussey. Bussey. Thank you. Not 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 too fussy. <laughs> Barry That's all Bussey. I got. There okay. Go. <laughs> Barry Bussey. <laughs> okay. All righty. Well, born out of the desire to separate money from the state, Bitcoin epitomizes freedom money. An uncensorable network programmed around digital scarcity where the individual is in full control and accountable for his own property. Bull Bitcoin, Canada's most trusted Bitcoin exchange since 2013, is a 100% self-funded company led and operated by incorruptible activists for individual liberties and freedom. At Bull Bitcoin, security and privacy are priority. Customers' funds are transferred directly to their Bitcoin wallet in their own possession. With Bull Bitcoin, you never run the risk of losing your money. Sign up at mission.bullbitcoin.com slash LCC and get started with your account creation today. Contact Bull's customer support team at any point to request assistance. Take control of your money. Mission.bullbitcoin.com slash LCC. Well, while we're on the topic of news and troubling stuff in news, (laughs) let's talk about Extra Magazine. Maybe you haven't heard of them. No, probably because you're not a lefty. (laughs) So Extra Magazine, under their category Hate Watch, has Uh, published their own hit piece. And here's the title of the hit piece. Christian nationalists fueling anti-LGBTQ2S plus agenda across Canada. That's the title. Now, the article names Action for Canada, Trinity Bible Chapel, Campaign Life Coalition, Freedom Convoy organizers, Arthur Pawlowski, and yes, us here at Liberty Coalition Canada. Now, here's how the article begins. And the, by the way, what I'm about to read, is n- it's not humor, it's not satire. Okay, so you might you might be reading this thinking, huh, that's, that's silly. It's not. Here we go. Biblical scholar Christine Mitchell, an academic dean and professor of the Hebrew Bible at the University of Toronto, who studies and teaches the Bible through a modern feminist and gender studies lens, tells Extra the rhetoric has escalated into, quote, the language of genocide, close quote, and it shifted to target LGBTQ2S plus communities and specifically to dehumanize trans folks. So if you attempt to interpret the Bible correctly through the lens of woke neo-Marxist categories, you're certainly not a scholar, you're an activist, and most likely a, a pagan. Now, 
What is the indictment that she brings against us here at Liberty Coalition Canada? That we, quote, launched a sermon initiative in January called Biblical Sexuality Sunday, writing, the truth is that God has designed both men and women as well as marriage itself, and his design has been true since the beginning of time, close quote. Yeah, I can do that. I can do Okay, <laughs> sure. If that's if that's the worst thing we've said, guilty. Yeah, we're 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 creational Christians. We believe yeah. the Bible, ma'am. Yeah, uh, we do. We don't believe that the Bible's a wax nose that that we just can twist to fit our modern gender feminist Marxist ideologies. No, that's that's doing violence to the text ma'am mm -hmm. um we believe that it's the word of god and that we also believe the sanctions that god's placed on changing that word in his word so anyways guilty as charged again so andrew she also places a heavy emphasis on the language of christian nationalism right so she 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 talks about the language that we use and and what this could possibly uh mean and this is done intentionally by her as we've talked about you know that term is kind of a dragnet to catch up faithful christians into you know this this idea of, of the fact that we're an extremist hateful uh, right-wing terrorist organization of something that as she's already said is apparently calling for dehumanization and the genocide of a population what do you mean like the hundreds of thousands of babies that that are killed because we don't consider them human beings despite what science so clearly and obviously said you know that would be a crazy world to live in right where that's justified and paid for with taxpayer money nevertheless this is um this is what she kind of goes on on to say here the language is not always so obvious mitchell says right oh they're dog whistling uh, much of the popular christian nationalist rhetoric uses code for god language because explicitly reference references god or the bible can turn people off hmm. interesting especially in canada Language to watch for often revolves around purity or the idea that the touching of the sacred, square quotes, by that which is perceived as not sacred, such as people who identify as LGBTQ2S+, might contaminate, quote unquote, the sacred and make it, quote unquote, not holy. The commonly used term, scare quotes, grooming implies groomers are preparing their victims to cross the boundaries of what is sacred. People will often invoke the word natural and unnatural to similar effect. In the early 20th century, Mitchell says they would say it is not natural for women to have the vote because there are certain ways that ordain are that are ordained similar language was invoked during debates around gay rights and gay marriage and is now being used to call transition and trans identities quote unquote unnatural quote that's the language of genocide 
So if you don't buy into gender ideology, if you think that's unnatural, which it is, right? The, the, they're they're against cis normativity and heteronormativity. Uh, anyways, um, Mitchell says this, and, and that is almost always grounded in this idea of purity, which doesn't have to be religious, but usually is. So Andrew, by us saying that God's created human beings as male and female. He created them. Us believing a biblical cosmology, a, a biblical idea of how God is created. Um, that puts us straight into the camp of the genocidal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's there's a, a few interesting things just to touch on briefly happening in there. First, the whole idea of the sacred and, and contaminating. I, I mean... I don't know. I don't know who they're speaking to. I've I've never used that language. I mean, the reality is that marriage is a sacred institution that God has made. But the the mm. idea of contamination, no, we're all all contaminated by sin and a sin nature. Mm. Yeah. What we but but so that's clearly there's there's something she's trying to elicit there. But the whole yeah. idea of natural, right? Yeah, of course it is. It's it is unnatural. Just look yeah. at every other creature that reproduces sexually in the world and you will see mm-hmm. what is according to nature and the false equivocation there is also interesting well people said that it's unnatural for women to vote they're using the same the same kind of rhetoric well the problem is that voting is not mm-hmm. a creational institution and part of creational design it's a civic yeah, it's it's something. So right. the if if the argument is that given the way God has made the family, there's a, there, there's something to be said about who votes and how voting operates. That's very different mm-hmm. than what is unnatural and, and, and regarding God's that, design. That's what needs to be understood and is often left out of the debate on women voting and and women's suffrage and stuff like that. Is I, I, the West was rooted and grounded in a biblical judeo-christian understanding of the world and that has to under that that also involved covenantal federal units and households tended to vote right (laughs) so the household was seen as one unit that includes father mother children it wasn't as though women couldn't exercise a vote they were in encompassed in the house. We get this, by the way, if anyone if anyone doesn't understand how this works practically, it's still a reality with Census information and Stats Canada information. When Stats Canada sends you something, they mm-hmm. don't ask for every individual person in the family to fill out their own census no. information, their own stats information. They might want to know how many individuals you have, mm-hmm. but all they want to know is broadly as a household people income so we Mm -hmm. still we still have these vestiges of seeing the household unit as its own unit yeah we've just decoupled that from the understanding of voting and responsibility which was always the case and and that's because biblical christianity has a proper understanding of 
of the corporal and the individual. We, we're not all just animized individuals floating around a universe unrelated to each other. We understand the role of covenantal institutions in society and that no human being exists as an island unto himself. So like that's part of the, the, the problem in all of this is it's just like they're fundamentally ignorant of so much of history mm-hmm. because they've rejected biblical Christianity they think it's relatively unimportant in history they literally can't engage in historical conversation and historical understanding of these things in a really uh, you know for lack of better term nuanced way Uh, but anyways andrew continue they also can't explain they also can't explain why genocide is wrong ultimately apart from Uh, apart from yes exactly exactly so the situation is as follows in canada we have hate speech laws on the books Human rights codes punish people who speak out about their religious beliefs and do not agree with the woke agenda. Anti-conversion therapy laws will also punish anyone who, according to our federal government, propagates the myth that marriage is for one man and one woman, that sex and gender are the same according to God's design, and that these are normative now punished for that. The emphasis on speech, in my estimation, is an attempt to say that we use hate speech, we attack protected people with our speech, and that our words are tantamount to violence. That's what I think is going on here. Our hate speech is violence. We do violence. That's what's happening here. Now, enter the United Nations, who, if you remember, is a third person of that unholy globalist trinity. They've created a guide on how to deal with hate speech, and they are encouraging all people and all nations to act in accordance with this guide, which for globalists is in fact a divine word spoken from one of their deities. What is hate speech, you might ask? According to the UN, it is, quote, any kind of communication in speech, writing, or behavior that attacks or uses pejorative or discriminatory language with reference to a person or a group on the basis of who they are, in other words, based on their religion, ethnicity, nationality, race, color, descent, gender, or any other identity factor. Now, we also have this little tidbit from the UN, and it says this at the bottom of the the definitions here of what hate speech is, quote, While the above is not a legal definition and is broader than incitement to discrimination, hostility, or violence, which is prohibited under international human rights law, it has three important attributes. So they admit in that little tiny sentence there underneath, and we've linked to the document, you'll see nice bright images fun graphics, big lettering, then all the way at the bottom is a little tiny fine print. They basically admit, we know that generally speaking, the only kind of speech that you can penalize is speech that calls people to violence, right? Speech that incites violence or incites Mm -hmm. illegal activity, speech that says, go murder him or set that on fire. So they, they have to admit, this is really the only kind of speech that is technically illegal, and if we're going to call hate speech hate speech, this is this is it. So they admit that, but they're still going to double down on the, but we're going to say that hate speech is this, because again, in the definition, what's the first thing they say? 
speech, writing, or behavior that attacks, mm -hmm. right? That attacks. They're using the language of violence and they're equivocating that with speech. And again, there's, there's, th these are not disconnected. Mm -hmm. These are not disconnected. Yeah, and Andrew, what are those three attributes of hate speech that the the UN references and how they define it? I, I want to read this this from from the UN itself. So, hate speech can be conveyed through any form of expression, including images, cartoons, memes, objects, gestures, and symbols, and it can be disseminated offline or online. Hate speech is discriminatory. Uh, in brackets, bias, bigoted, or intolerant, or pejorative, brackets, prejudiced, uh, contemptuous, or demeaning of an individual or group. Hate speech calls out real or perceived, quote-unquote, identity factors of an individual or a group, including, quote, religion, ethnicity, nationality, race, color, descent, gender, but also characteristics, characteristics such as language, economic or social, social origin, disability, health status, or sexual orientation. So how does the UN suggest that we combat and engage hate speech? Well, we have to take just a quick pause. We have to fact check. We have to react appropriate. We have to challenge the dominant narrative and we have to support victims. We have to educate people. We have to commit to joining an ally group and we have to report hate speech wherever you see it. We got to be snitches. This is the UN guidance uh, from, from the actual uh, article. Most online platforms and communities have rules to keep users discussion respectful and will let you easily report hate messages to administrators or moderators. Read social media platform guidelines and tips to protect users from harassment and hate speech. For more serious cases which may constitute incitement to violence, harassment, and or threats prohibited by law, no Notify organizations fighting hate speech and or file a complaint with police or the public prosecutor. Some countries have online tools to make reporting hate speech easier. So there you go. There you go. Do it. Report places like LCC who, because of their intense love for the God mm -hmm. who's created them and purchased them through the, the, the perfect blood of the savior the lord jesus christ and set them apart to live lives of holiness hate sin both indwelling and actual both in themselves and in other people because they 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 hate sin yeah because their speech is violent because their their speech is violent they're speaking violently against they're attacking against sin in all of its forms they need to be uh ratted on for for hate speech and like we need to have a bigger conversation andrew about even the idea of hate as being a bad thing um from a christian perspective and maybe i just want to put this to you that we can ruminate on but 
we have to understand uh, hate in the scriptures is used in various different ways. Um, in some contexts, it means can be like have no regard for or for or love less than. Um, so, you know, some of those semantic usages of the word hate, though it's, uh, you know, translated that way in a lot of translations, it means something different in the original languages. But also, we have to understand, I think, and maybe just piggyback off some of my comments here, Andrew, hate is something that God does. If we're to reflect God as image bearers, we are to hate. And that that might sound contradictory because the scripture says God is love, but we have to understand as hate as being the opposite side of the same coin of the virtue of love. Because well, I, I would, I think that I think what's helpful is I would I would mm-hmm. actually disagree and say that I think the opposite of love is indifference, and I think the opposite of hate is is full tolerance. Right. I think okay. that those are those are the opposites. So because the I think the opposite of loving someone, right, the opposite of putting their needs above your own, of caring for them, of being selfless, of considering them better than yourselves. I think the opposite of that is the, the lack of that or the, the, the where that isn't present, which is indifference, which mm-hmm. is to say I don't. So I think the opposite of loving someone is to say, I don't care about you. I don't care if you die. I don't, it doesn't matter. Your needs mean nothing to me. Yeah, I it's heard- hateful. I think I think it's it's where I would say hate with the opposite would be tolerance. Right. And so where we would say it doesn't matter what you do, it doesn't matter who you are. We'll just accept it. We'll tolerate it. It's all fair play. Hate would be no, no, no. I I can't stand that. So that actually makes me angry. Andrew, I'm not saying that hate and love are opposites. That's not Mm -hmm. what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say that they're the opposite side of the same coin. So, so they're actually just a diff. It's hate is the negative side of the virtue of love, right? Mm-hmm. Because I think God's hate is his intense hatred and displeasure of that which is evil, right. but that corresponds to his love. He is loving, therefore, mm-hmm. he hates all that which is not loving which is which we're commanded to right cling to what is good hate what is evil right that's in romans so we were we're commanded by god to exactly have very strong feelings against evil yes examples in the psalms of david right psalm 139 do i not hate those who hate you i hate them with a perfect hatred we see in the scriptures that god hates evildoers that's psalm 5 yeah right god hates all those who do evil so there's there's and that doesn't contradict his love. That right. is the negative reflection like anger, and expression. Yeah, like anger, it's mm-hmm. not that hate in and of itself is exactly sinful. It's, yes, it's the heart motive behind it. It's the direction and it's the the it's the object of it. Right, yeah. that's what defines. Same thing with anger. It's mm-hmm. not that anger just blanket is wrong. And I would mm-hmm. say the same with hate. It's what is the object? You know, what's the yes. purpose? What's the heart behind it? Yeah, and, we, and, and that that determines the rightness or wrongness of it. Part of having renewed minds being progressively sanctified in the image of Christ 
is loving what God loves and hating what God hates. That's actually Mm -hmm. the process of getting wisdom. That's what we as parents should be teaching our children is to love that which is good, true, and beautiful Mm -hmm. and hate all else with with a godly hatred. That's Mm -hmm. that's not a bad thing. So even the idea of hate being in and of itself something that is terrible is contra-biblical. And, yeah, and that's... let's we'll be clear, too, that the people on... The, 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 the radical Wokies, they have lots of hate for things. Yes, so they, exactly. They, they, they would also agree that it's not that hate is in, is in and of itself wrong because they yeah. hate God. They hate... <laughs> yeah. They hate Nazis as they perceive mm-hmm. them. They hate Christo-fascists, right? So there's yeah. lots of people that they would hate that yes. they say it's okay to hate. Yeah. And that, that's, the issue is not that we hate the issue is what and why and by what what standard it always comes down to that question by what standard and the the fact is i think you made mention of this and this will move on to the mailbag section but i just want to point this out by unbelievers giving up the only grounding for an objective standard of good truth and beauty and right and wrong, they've lost all ability to complain about anything because they have no objective standard in which to determine whether or not one sort set of speech is loving or good or hate hating uh, inappropriate or the converse. They have no standard to judge that. So it's just based off of their fitful whims. And that's, what is so um, dangerous about these laws is that it's in a context of moral relativism that they're passing hate speech laws. So you're you're now leaving it up to the fitful whims of the elites of society and intransigent um, special interest groups to determine what type of hate is appropriate and not. So you're taking that away from God and us trying to archetypally. Uh, you know, um, image what he is the archetype of and you're putting that on just normal sinful fallible human beings to determine what is love what is hate and whatever and that is going to be maybe don't hurt me yeah and that's going to be very 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 dangerous anyone who gets that reference let me know (laughs) let me know if you get that reference you you're you're full of good pop culture references. I just I, I just want I just want people to enjoy their time with us. So hopefully <laughs> someone had a laugh there. Maybe they bobbed their head as well. In any event, in any, no, no, don't give it away. Don't give okay. it away too much. Sorry, sorry. That's all right. We've given okay. it all over. Okay. Well, friends, offshore investing has typically been reserved for the ultra rich, but now our friends at Rocklink have found a way to make it accessible to regular Canadians. If you have non-registered investments, this offshore portfolio, the Rocklink Kokomo Fund, may be right for you. Give our friends at Rocklink a call and see if you're eligible to add an extra layer of protection between your portfolio and the government. Email Rocklink at info at rocklink.com or visit them at www.rocklink.com. That's link with a C. It's mailbag time. Here we are. Here we are. It's gonna mail get spicy. Time. All right. Do do we get non spicy mailbag questions, Andrew? Yeah, we do. We we <laughs> I mean we, we do. Sometimes sometimes mailbag stuff 
is as simple as, hey, we love you guys. Hey, thanks so much. You know, we, we appreciate what you do. Tell Josh let's, Alexander he's great. We don't we we keep that for ourselves. Let's highlight we, some of that. Yeah, we get a lot of that. We get a lot of that, but just one like we don't want to. We don't want to have this self congratulatory. Like we don't want to. It's mailbag. Here's a here's another here's another twenty emails about people saying, "Hey, we love you guys." So we we okay. appreciate those. We get tons of those. Don't stop sending those. But um, <laughs> we just we don't want to make it seem like we don't have any enemies or, or that people don't ever criticize us. Yeah. For what we say and what. We oh, do. we certainly do. And hey, regardless if it's hey, we say comments, questions, concerns, email us at mailbag at libertycoalitioncanada.com. and I think uh, we're we're very open to your feedback, and we like to engage with even some of the detractors, as we're going to see in in this mailbag segment. But I just for future reference, you might want to sprinkle some of uh, some of the nice ones in there, just so people don't think everybody hates us. Sure, <laughs> I know that's not true. Anyways, Andrew, here's the first one. Um, so this is from Steve, and he writes: If you don't like Trudeau, fine. A series of exclamation marks. I don't like him either, but to call him our prime tyrant, as you so often do, Andrew, when there have been and there still are plenty of examples of real tyrants is such sensational BS. Come on, Liberty Dispatch. You are stoking the fires of extremism in the name of so-called honest journalism and in the name of Christianity. Our Lord Jesus would unequivocally condemn the hypocrisy of liberty dispatch. Okay, you haven't really demonstrated any hypocrisy, but nevertheless... By the, by the way, I, we, we've, we've never said we're journalists either. Have we ever said... I've never yeah. said I'm a yeah, I don't. We so just that's fine. we we just do Fair news enough. and analysis, I guess. I mean, we wouldn't be licensed by the state. Let's be honest. Um, anyways, you all should be ashamed of yourselves. Okay, that's a big statement. There are plenty of examples of tyrants in the distant past, as well as within the last hundred years or currently. Um, yeah, <laughs> right now. Yeah. <laughs> anyways, one such tyrant, Saddam Hussein, tortured, murdered, and imprisoned anyone who spoke against him and his regime, some of who were members of his own family. Another is Idi Amin, known as the Butcher of Uganda, tortured, mutilated over 300,000 of his own people. It is purported that one time he publicly mutilated someone by cutting out his liver. Yuck, that's bad. So please, let's have some honest journalism without this sensationalistic crap, like calling Trudeau a tyrant. Trudeau may be stupid, arrogant, and have hidden agendas, but he is not a tyrant in the true sense of the word. Okay, well, what is the true sense of the word tyrant, Andrew? Because I think our friend Steve here has a very limited and specific use mm -hmm. of that word that I don't actually think is historically accurate. Sorry, Steve. I would I would also say if if murdering innocent people is is so terrible and qualifies you as a tyrant, then a a prime minister who says you can't be a member of my cabinet unless you support the slaughter of innocent preborn babies 
hundreds of thousand each year who's doing everything in his power not who who offers to women in the united states now that roe v wade has been overturned you can come here and we'll slaughter your babies Mm -hmm. so if, if what you're saying is the slaughter of innocent people makes someone a tyrant then respectfully based on that alone steve Mm-hmm. Trudeau is in fact a tyrant because he sits atop the slaughter of babies. He seeks to legislate it. He encourages it. He sends millions of dollars to other countries to mm-hmm. see that happen in those countries. So yep. based on that alone, the answer I think is it done, actually, right? Yeah, I think it actually fits your definition, although yeah, your definition is flawed. <laughs> so according to Webster's Dictionary, and I looked this up, now I'll be clear. I didn't go online and look up an online dictionary. Because I don't entirely trust the fact mm-hmm. that Merriam-Webster, they've been, they've been captured by woke ideologies. They have redefined mm-hmm. racism. Yeah. They've redefined vaccine. They've, they, they've redefined words in order to soften the reality. So a tyrant can, so I have my big old, big gargantuous Webster's Dictionary, mm-hmm. paper one, smells great. A tyrant is defined as the following. A king or ruler who uses his power oppressively or unjustly, any person who exercises authority despotically or oppressively. So this is how Mm -hmm. I responded to Steve in the email and how I want to respond to our audience so that you can also say, well, if people are criticizing me for saying that Trudeau's acting like a tyrant, how do I respond? Well, first you have a definition of tyrant that's... Mm -hmm. That's that's that. But and also, just... Andrew, Andrew, I just want to interject. Typically, Christians have understood tyrants as to be those who exercise arbitrary rule and authority that yes. is not given to them by God. So it's actually based off of the standards of God and based off an of understanding of delegated authority and powers mm-hmm. and somebody who's usurping the proper sphere of delegated powers right. and authority given to them in that institution. So yeah. that's that's what I mean by Steve has a faulty understanding of what tyranny is. Mm-hmm. Um his standard is far too high, but even with that high standard, Andrew, I think you're right. (laughs) Trudeau meets it. Let's let's look at the last three years, okay? Trudeau invoked the, what they call Emergencies Act, which is the rebranded War Measures Act, Mm -hmm. giving him power to clear peaceful protesters, which is a violation of Section 2C of the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms, Mm -hmm. freeze the bank accounts of people who donated to a lawful initiative, which is a violation of Section 2D, of the charter he also required citizens to take an experimental medical injection against their conscience and complete a pcr test so that's a violation of section 2a of the charter and a violation of section 14.1 of the quarantine act Mm -hmm. as well as limiting travel inside and outside of canada which is a violation of the entirety of section 6 of the charter so those are several examples of how our prime minister acted as a tyrant yeah. according to the real definition of the word unjustly oppressively against the law mm-hmm. using his power usurping laws mm-hmm. and doing so in a way that is oppressive to a certain segment of the population so again with receipts yes it is fully appropriate to say mm-hmm. that justin trudeau has acted as and desires to function as a tyrant, mm-hmm. and therefore I will refer to him as 
prime tyrant because being the one who wields this kind of power, he is the first among equals. He indeed is the prime tyrant of our nation. So, Steve, I would I would challenge you to, again, you know, look at the definition of tyrant. Mm. Look with honest assessment the things mm. that our, our prime minister has done in the last three years. Mm -hmm. And be honest. Ask yourself, does it fit the definition? And I think if you're being objective... You'll say, yeah. yes, it does. And I don't think he even believes his standard. His like being a tyrant doesn't only include um, killing like thousands yeah. and thousands of people. You would understand in the marital relationship that a husband who wouldn't let his wife leave her home mm -hmm. or dictated what she has to wear all the time. You would understand that as tyranny within the marital covenantal union so yeah. steve respectfully you don't have a proper standard that you're defining tyranny as a, a tyranny as you're not defining it as christians have normally understood it throughout history so Far from us having to experience the subjective feeling of shame because we're somehow violating some objective standard that makes us guilty, I think you have to reconsider what you're defining as tyrant, um, uh, Steve. And we do appreciate the comment, but we just think uh, your comments uh, fall far fall short of making us feel shamed, what we're saying. Correct. Correct. So... This next question comes mm -hmm. from Renee and Gary. They write the following. We love most of what you do, but have a comment this time. You say below, so this was in one of our emails, mm -hmm. with your help and support, we can continue to put fear in the minds of leftists and push back against the radical MSM mainstream media narrative. Mm -hmm. So this is what they write. It is wrong to have the aim of putting fear into anyone's mind. You should know better. If the regime is afraid, it's because the truth is coming out and you are a part of that and that's good. There are many quote-unquote leftists who are not quote-unquote the regime. They're likely brainwashed and need truth to be spoken to them, not fear put into them. Matt, what, do you, what, uh, what, are, your, what are your thoughts on, uh, on this comment first? We'll go yeah. to you because you you strike fear in the heart of your enemies. <laughs> yeah, not so much, I don't think. But I I think, you know, we're trying to. Is it hyperbolic language? I I don't think so. I think they're fearful of what Christians getting engaged in the public sphere means for the advancement of their ungodly tyrannical aims. I do think putting fear into the heart of the enemies of God and, and the enemies of Christ's kingdom is a totally appropriate um, thing to do for Christians. Um, and, you know, I'm not saying through coercive threats of violence or any of these things. We're just doing it through confronting that which is evil. And uh, I think they they fear us not because we're being violent and coercive to them, but because we're speaking truth. And it's it's as Doctor Boot has been talking about. Um, they have identified us as a threat because we're the person carrying the ball. We have to be the ones who are tackled because we are speaking very clearly. We're gaining an influence and. 
we're cutting through a lot of the rhetoric and the nonsense that is typically held within political conversations. Again, how are you defining the word fear? Perhaps you have a limited definition of fear and you think it only a negative thing, a bad thing. I think there's various ways to to actually define fear and you have to be really careful with how you're using it. Um, But I don't think it's inappropriate for Christians to put fear in the minds of God's enemies by speaking the unvarnished word of God before a watching world. Uh, mm-hmm. That is not something that I think is inappropriate in the least. And I would also push back against the fact that uh, sinners aren't just really misinformed people. They're people who are actively suppressing the truth in unrighteousness. And it's the fear of God that often strikes fear into the heart of sinners that that can, you know, understand that lead them to understand his truth, his righteousness, his gospel, and can 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 lead them to understanding the immense kindness of God in the gospel of Jesus Christ. So those are just a few of my thoughts, Andrew. Maybe you could uh, kind of just put a finer point on it before we close yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, the idea of putting putting fear in hearts and minds of people, that's, that's, a, that's a euphemism. It essentially means just to make them take notice and check what they do, Yeah. right? Like the idea of, you know, put it, put it you know, we'll put the fear of God in you, for example. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That doesn't actually mean we want you to be curled up in the fetal position crying and afraid. Yes, it's, no. it's 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 a phrase. It's a way of saying we want you to be careful, right? Ch- check check what you say. Check what you do. You can't just ignore what we're saying. You can't just disregard us. You need mm-hmm. to understand. And again, not because we're being not because we're a threat, but because you can't just push around a fringe minority. You can't just push around a group of people. We're going to engage politically. You can't bully us. You can't disregard us. There are people who desire to engage. So. It, 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 the idea of putting fear in the minds of leftists, that's to take that hyper literally, I think, is missing mm. the point of what yes. that phrase is supposed to communicate. Now, yeah. could we have maybe edited the language slightly to say by pushing back against the legacy media narrative and by engaging in the culture, we're going to make sure that these actions will cause leftists to take notice? Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. Sure, we could maybe we could have worded it that way, but. The idea of again putting the fear in the minds that means something right yeah. that's a euphemistically we understand what that means and it doesn't mean what it means literally and then the other thing is the idea of there are many leftists who are not the regime mm-hmm. um you know when we use when we use left again this is another thing i think that euphemistically yeah. leftist doesn't refer to someone who's on the who's left of center Mm-hmm. In the political spectrum, that's not what leftists mean. Leftist, yeah. capital L, means someone who is who is woke, who is very progressive, yeah. anti-God in their ideology. Right? There's mm-hmm. there's a difference between a liberal, someone on the left, and a leftist proper mm-hmm. as a phrase. Leftist or leftism means now again with the changing of the political spectrum when you say someone's a leftist you mean that they are sold out to the very godless ideology Mm -hmm. that is on 
the far left of the spectrum. So yeah, yeah, we talk I, I would, about. I would say it's too maybe if if what if the words that we meant in that email were to be taken very literally without any symbolism or euphemism, then I would agree with your assessment, right? It's wrong to do everything we can to make people afraid. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I would say. And yeah, not everyone who's on the political left is a part of the regime. So I would agree with you. Mm-hmm. I, I would say that given the way these are worded, given how it's framed, we're speaking euphemistically, we're trying to communicate something other than a literal interpretation but again if that is what we meant which it isn't but if it is i would agree with your mm-hmm. your your yeah. criticism that would be fair yeah yeah it's i appreciate the the feedback um again it was not meant hyper literally as you were mm-hmm. uh you make mention there andrew um but we do appreciate it uh, these do ha- lead to helpful uh conversations um on these on these appropriate things um I mean, it is so weird that um, it just is a uh, something that's popped in my mind. We literally are in a moment in Canadian history where our God-given rights and freedoms are being totally destroyed. Um, and most of what people do on our side of the aisle is criticize the words that people are using. The, the language police, <laughs> the tone police. It seems like that's a disproportionate. There's literally naked people exposing themselves to minors in celebration of sodomy across our nation all the time. And we're worried about people being- are getting mad that you just said the word sodomy. <laughs> well, yes, maybe that, that's what I mean. That's so people are more yeah. upset. People are making a bigger stink over the fact that we would say sodomy yeah. than the fact that, it's being quite literally pushed in the faces of children, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like, like yeah. it's that more upsetting. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. Exactly. And that's that there seems to be a great asymmetry between the way that um, the cultural batter battles being, being waged. Now, I obviously believe that we have objective standards of morality that the left doesn't, that we absolutely have to stand on principle and, uh, and adhere to. But it's just like a lot of the time, it's just really a misunderstanding of language and words that are being used that are leading to all these like kind of noxious debates on the right i don't think it's very helpful um i think we ought to give each other the benefit of the doubt the doubt and a lot of these things but anyways we do appreciate the feedback we always love getting mail from our listeners whether it's good or bad we do appreciate it and we are so thankful that you've tuned in to our programs yet again and we do wish you we are going to be having a liberty lounge on Mm -hmm. canada day on the saturday but we do on behalf of the dispatch andrew and i want to wish you uh, a a happy canada day coming up we do um, think it's important to be thankful for um, especially the history of our nation how it's founded god's providence in you know, giving us this beautiful land that is so rich and and, and abundant. Uh, we can be thankful for many things, even if the direction of our nation right now is apostate and God-hating. Um, we do wish you the best of Canada days. We hope you 
look forward to the episode that Mike's doing uh, with with Barry, and we do hope that you appreciate um, mm-hmm. our com- commentary on the Canada Day with the and, Liberty. And Lounge. also, in light of, in light of our episode today, mm-hmm. you need to make sure that if you are not subscribed to all of our different things, that you need to do that. Yes. Right? That reality is that we might not be able to share certain things on certain social media platforms very soon, which means if you want to get our content, if you want to watch our episodes, if you want to listen to our episodes, and in our episodes, they include all of the news stories we cover with the links and the primary receipts to all the the sources, right? So we don't just stay stuff. We have all these. So if you want to watch our episodes, if you want to see what's happening in the news, you want to go to the websites to read these articles yourself. If you want to get our emails where we highlight stuff, you need to make sure that you subscribe. Head over to LibertyCoalitionCanada.com. Sign up yes. for our email list. Go to our Rumble page. Go to whatever podcast catcher you use. Go to the FLF network. Subscribe, mm-hmm. get the episodes, get the content to you. And as we've said before, please head over to libertycoalitioncanada.com slash donate. Click on the analysis shows tab and yes. support the work that we do here so that we can continue to bring you strong news media analysis of everything happening in Canadian culture from a thoroughly Christian world and life view perspective Mm -hmm. to help you make sense of legislation, social cultural issues, what's happening in our country, help us so that we can keep equipping you to do the good work of assessing and living as a follower of Jesus in this world and echoing Matt's desire for Canada Day blessings. We do pray, as it Mm -hmm. says on our coat of arms, that the Lord Jesus Christ would indeed have dominion from sea to sea as he is king over Canada, apostate though she may be. Mm-hmm. And we desire that his rule and reign would be made manifest in this country, not for the sake of genocide, like Extra Magazine would say, and not so that we can puff our chest as Christian nationalists, like the CPC would say, but mm-hmm. because we desire the flourishing and the good and the fruitfulness of our countrymen. Mm -hmm. And we ultimately know that it is a nation that aligns itself under the kingship of Christ with its laws and with its rules and even with its cultural cultural ideals. Mm -hmm. That is a nation that will be blessed, and that is a nation that will receive much blessing from the Lord. So Mm -hmm. may he have dominion from sea to sea increasingly so in our nation yeah and may we be a part of it lord willing yeah and it's out of love of neighbor that we want to see a nation like canada like our nation flourish and (laughs) we have historically uh you know welcomed the yoke of christ in this nation and counterintuitively the yoke of christ is one of freedom um and it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Till next time, happy Canada Day. Thanks for tuning in to Liberty Dispatch, a united front to restore liberty and justice in Canada. Please subscribe to our podcast and Rumble channel, as well as visit our website at www.libertycoalitioncanada.com.